as we start a new year of learning the Torah and seeing every week what the Torah is teaching us, we'll start with a nice word in Parsh Barayshas. The Pusik says, Right, Hashem is asking Kain, why, why do you look so down? What, what happened to you? So in Siyach HaFrakoidah, she brings a word from the Chedish Harim. He says like this, he says, when, when, when somebody feels rejected by Hashem and he sees that Hashem is not, not accept, accepting his carbon, it's definitely a reason to, be, to not be so happy. That's not a question. Um, whether it's to do some introspection, some cheshben ha-nefesh, some chiva, you know, to understand the message behind it. But what Hashem was asking Kain was, is the reason that you look so unhappy because I didn't accept your carbon? Or is it because I accepted your brother's carbon? You know, what happens is when somebody sees that somebody else is, uh, you know, a step ahead, somebody else is more matzliach than him, whether it's in Rachnius or Gashmius, and the person can't handle that, that's a different story. So Hashem was asking him, Lomu, why is it why is it that you're so unhappy? Is it, is it for the right reasons, because you feel that you should be doing better, or it's because you see that somebody else you know, was simply uh, more matzliach than you are? And this is something that we all have to work on. This is something that we, you know, we always see people in different situations maybe doing a little better than we are, in whatever area it may be, and it's definitely something to work on. And he brings over there from the Gersa Magid, the Mazitra Magid, who said that each person has um, three areas that he has to work on. One is Kain Havel, one is Dara Mabel, one is Dara Fluga. He says Dara Mabel was the Indian of Taiva, that everyone has to work on. Dara Fluga was the Indian of COVID. And Kain and Havel was the Indian of Kenna, which is jealousy. And I'm saying this as an introduction to a question which I'll be addressing about jealousy. And uh, very often we try to teach children not to be jealous one of another without realizing how much we ourselves maybe could work on it. And interestingly, when it comes to Shulam Bayes as well, you know, I hear so many people talking about how other people are doing better than they are and other people's relationships are better than they are. And, and sometimes even between husband and wife, you have one being jealous of the other without even realizing it. So jealousy is definitely a topic that it's always good to be made aware of and to work on and to realize that it's a, it's a struggle that everyone deals with and something that, that definitely... Uh, something we should we should take seriously. I'm going to read a question. Dear um, Abba Guru, firstly, thank you so much for all your insightful shurim and Torah anytime, which I benefit from greatly. Okay? Thank you for that. I'm seeking guidance on how to deal with an issue with my seven-year-old, um, which I'm sure is not uncommon. She is the third of four children, and by nature soft, gentle, obedient, but currently struggling with jealousy. She's constantly looking at what others have and comparing it to what she has. Before her sibling's birthday, she expressed in advance that if I don't buy her the same present as her sister is going to get, it will be too hard for her. I explained that each child has their chance to have their birthday. She had hers a few months ago, so we went through the lovely presents she received. And there are other opportunities where she may receive presents, like afikoyman and things like that. But nevertheless, when her sister received her birthday present, she cried uncontrollably. She is quite a deep thinker, so we have tried discussing the topic with her, obviously at an age-appropriate level. But when it comes to situations, she really finds it challenging. Would you perhaps have some guidance on how to deal with this so we can hopefully begin to guide her at this young age on how to view things through a better lens, which will emit some help her throughout her life? I look forward to your response. Okay, so the first thing, um, you know, just going back to what I said before, is that jealousy is something that everybody has has to deal with, and everybody struggles with uh, on some level, in some area. Obviously, some more than others, some more often than others, some more intense than others, but it's definitely um, not uncommon at all. 
especially with children, as you started off with it, right? That's not uncommon. It's, it's not uncommon. It's not a question. Um, interestingly, I think that just just because I pick up on these kind of details, the fact that you're dealing with a third of four children, you know, it just sometimes people see it as well, well it's the oldest child or the second, the sandwich, youngest, you know. But a lot of these myths about age and gender and position in family, as if that's the reason why somebody's having a problem, it's usually not true. In most cases, um, you know, you can have issues all over the place with every kind of child and every every place in the family. And uh, you know, I, I, I think sometimes people blame certain factors and it just takes away from understanding what's really happening because you're blaming something instead of realizing that it's so common and so normal. Interestingly also, I think I mentioned this in the past, I could tell sometimes when a person's asking a question about an oldest child, because a lot of times those questions are uh, you know, about people being impatient. When's this child going to grow up already? He's already 9, he's already 11, she's already uh, 13, already 7. And because it's an oldest child and they haven't had a child older than that that actually did grow up and make the progress and mature and things like that. So th there are different reasons why people have different questions about different children. But in general, you could say that most issues, especially an issue like jealousy, is not dependent on anything specific at all. So, you know, I, I understand that with, maybe with this child it seems a little more than with other children in the same family, but in general it's a very normal issue and something to be expected and not something to, you know, be, be anxious about. Why is my child so jealous? That's, that's first of all. Now, just this week's Parsha, right? Parsha Barashas, right, which is what I mentioned before about Cain and Havel. Jealousy, is, jealousy with siblings especially is as old as siblings are. The first two siblings, we find the issue of, of jealousy and I've mentioned in the past that I was once in a bookstore and I saw different books and they were each marked with different ages. And interestingly, the one about not crossing the street or doing something dangerous was marked age three and up, while the one on jealousy was marked uh, age five and up. And I heard, overheard two people talking about, it's so interesting, why is this book marked uh, five and up? And then the other guy who was answering said something like, oh, you mean to say it should be marked like 20 and up? You know, sometimes we don't even realize, but adults struggle with jealousy at least as much as children and sometimes we want young children to be able to overcome an uh, you know, issue like this without realizing that you know, it's, not, it's not easy at all. You could have a little kid understand other things like not to cross the street when they're not supposed to or run into the gutter after a ball but to, to not be jealous of another child that's, that's, not, that's not something that, that goes over easily. Not a question. Now of course uh, normal has a lot of different levels and it could be that what this mother is writing about or father is definitely a little more than others. I'm just mentioning that when an issue is very normal, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to expect it. I know that it could take time, and it doesn't just run away. And, and, and whatever advice I might be able to give you is probably not going to be able to change things uh, too quickly. I also want to mention that very often the issue that looks like jealousy is not only jealousy, because part of what I'm hearing between the lines is also the manipulation, is also the you know very slight. Obviously, talking about a gentle and and. Um, soft, obedient girl, as you're calling her, but the fact that she could tell you what she wants or what she could handle or can't handle, or the fact that she might be able to cry uncontrollably about something, a lot of it is not as much, I don't think, the jealousy, as much as maybe her way of trying to get you to do something or to take her seriously. And very often, parents see tantrums and things like that um, not for what they are. In other words, people might assume that the tantrum is a product of something of something else without realizing that the tantrum itself is an issue, which means that a, ch a child learned to tantrum because it usually brings about results. 
And if it would never bring about results, the child wouldn't tantrum. So it's not necessarily only jealousy here, as much as a certain stubbornness or a certain manipulation or things like that, that, that's also important to know how to deal with. Because even if you can't get your child to be less jealous, you might be able to teach your child that tantruming or telling you what to do or, or putting up a fuss is not going to help. And automatically certain things will just be resolved when a child realizes that, they, you know, that, 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 that the parents know what to do and they make their own decisions and, and they're not afraid of, of you know, any kind of uh, fuss. So that's also something very important. Now, when it comes to jealousy... Chazal teach us that which means that we're not here to teach children to just accept things the way they are. We're actually here to also, it's part of a responsibility and obligation of, of parents to take this seriously. In other words, if you're going to do something very different from one child to the other, and then you're going to try to teach them not to be jealous or expect them to be able to handle it well, that's wrong. It's part of the obligation of, of parents. Now, obviously, there's only so much that you could do about this. And you can't always you know, take the cups of apple juice and start putting them on a scale, making sure that nobody has more than the other. But if you're going to do something that is obvious, that one child is getting more than the other, and you're going to hope that, that they understand it or they accept it, Chazal is teaching us not to do that. So that's something to understand, that part of, the, part of being a parent in, in, in the area of jealousy is to try your best to make sure that you're not the one causing the jealousy. Uh, it's a very interesting thing because sometimes we would see it as, as you know, chinuch means to teach a child not to be jealous. But in the meantime, part of chinuch is to make sure that a child doesn't have why to be jealous. That's just a, a very interesting insight. And I mentioned in the past, I think, also find an interesting aloha, I think it's from Sechtek Sibus, when we're talking about a kala, a yesoyma, and we're, we're using money that the father left over to make a chasna for a yesoyma, um, she's allowed to say, well, if, you, if my sister had this kind of chasna, I also want it. Now today, I think very many people would say, what do you mean? We have to teach a kid, you know, you can't, you can't use, especially your soima, you know, your mother, the almuna, only has a certain amount of money left over, and you're demanding this and that, and you shouldn't be so jealous, and, and it's not so important, and, and all kinds of other things. But no, Chazal teach us that you can't expect a girl to be okay with less if her sister got more. So again, if somebody wants to know about themselves, is it right to be jealous? Should they be jealous? Should they demand something from their mother? Well, obviously the answer is that you, sh- you should not. But it, it shows something about how parents are supposed to you know, understand a child and, and, and feelings and things like that and, and, not, and not just try to teach them and show them what's right and get all idealistic when it comes to a child in, in areas where the parents themselves maybe you know, have a lot to work on. Now, if you try doing the right thing, you try making sure that your children don't have why to be jealous, and you try giving them all the right attention and, and trying to make them feel good, then of course, the next part of it is knowing how to deal with a child who's putting up a fuss. Well, like I said before, a lot of this has to do with not being afraid of a tantrum or a child who's complaining, because if every time a child puts up a fuss, you're going to start going to logical explanations, and you're going to wait for the child to understand it, and you wait for your daughter to be okay with it, you know, that might not work. It's very important that a child feel like, okay, I heard you, I understand you, you can tell me how you feel, thank you for sharing that with me, and Tati Mami will decide what to do, and now this is what we're getting for your sister, and the Hashem, by your birthday will decide how to go about it from there. You know, if for whatever reason you feel that what you're doing is right, you don't always have to, and not only always, very often you should not be going in explanations. You want to make sure a child feels understood and validated and heard, but that's that. To wait till the child is okay with it and mask him and you go into negotiation mode and things like that and the child realizes that now they're in control of what's going on and, and you're afraid of them or you're gonna, you know, they can get you to do things, that's wrong. And very often when a child sees that the parents are very confident and very calm and very thought through about what they're doing and, and nothing's going to change just because you're crying, it might happen once or twice or three times or even five, but eventually certain things just, just 
you know, settle in because the child realizes that things are being done with a cheshman and uh, you're not afraid of, of, some, of, of a child crying. There's another, there's another guideline that I often share with parents, and that is understanding. It's not only parents, by the way, it's any relationship and any, it could be a shown bias, it could be anywhere, where somebody's asking something of you. Okay. One of the ways to understand when it's right or wrong to give in, and very often it is right to give in and to make someone happy, very often it's wrong, and very often it's just manipulation and control and enabling. So you have to know how, how and when. And one of, the, one of the ways to understand that is how much of it is being demanded and how much of it is being asked for and how much of it will simply be appreciated. What I mean to say is like this. When a, when, a, when a child demands something of a parent, you better buy me this bike, you have to buy me this, everyone has this bike, I have to have it. That's a very strong reason not to get it. The fact that a child is telling you what has to happen, and if you go and do it, they might be getting the message that they could tell you what to do, and that you have to do things for them, and, and, and you're teaching them that when they say the word, everybody has it, or they say the word, well then I'm not coming home, or they say, whatever they, whatever they used to get you to do something, when you give in to that, you're teaching them, this is what works. So if you do it again, it's gonna work again. As opposed to if you put your foot down and say, listen, Shafin, I understand you. I understand that a lot of girls have this. Um, Tati and Mommy don't feel so comfortable with it. We're going we're gonna to see what we can get you instead. It's very important to show a child that you're not afraid. And even if you really do want to get something, but if a child demanded it, it's a ready reason to think twice, maybe either not to get it, or at least to say, I need a week to think about it, just so a child sees that you're not afraid and you're not jumping just because they said that you have to get something. Very important. Now, if a child's not demanding something, just asking nicely, and same thing if it's a spouse or a coworker or a, a family member, whoever it is, that's, that's more reason to do it. Now again, you, you don't want to give the message that whatever they ask for, they'll, they'll get. But the fact that they didn't demand it, they asked nicely, just makes it more reason to be okay with it. Because nobody's, nobody's telling you you have to. Now if somebody's not even asking you, but you know they'll appreciate something, then, then why not? Now of course, everything within reason. What I mean to say is that when a child demands a bike, it's reason not to get a bike. But, it is, but you might now go ahead and get something else just to show the child, I love you and I care for you and I want, I want you to be happy. When you get something that they didn't demand and you're making them feel good, then why not? So very often parents ask, is, is this called spoiling my child if I buy them this? Well, the answer is, if your child is demanding it of you and you're giving in, then, then you're spoiling the child because you're teaching them that they'll get whatever they want or whatever they ask for. But if your child's not asking it from you, even if it costs double the amount and you're buying it at your own free will because this is what you decided will make a child happy, and you know, you know how to present it in a way that they'll feel good and appreciated and, 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 and you know, encouraged and supported, but then a day later when they ask for something even cheaper, you'll say, listen, you know, maybe not now, maybe a different time. You're giving a very healthy message of, of who's giving who what and, and how it happens and when it happens, and, and, and children don't fall into the unhealthy pattern of whatever I want I get and I just have to know how to manipulate my parents. So in this case, where your child is asking you for certain things that her sister has, it's important to, to listen to her and to hear her out and make her feel understood and to clarify that, listen, you know, we'll think about it. Now this is what we're getting her. You might want to discuss it in advance, which it seems like you did, but I'm just mentioning that when things are discussed in advance, it's always a little less emotional, a little less challenging. That's also very good. But it's, it's very important that uh, you know, children see that you're not afraid you're not afraid of them. And of course, like I said before, you, you, want, you want to talk and make sure that, that they don't have a lot of reason to feel jealous or feel unhappy about something that you, know, that you might understand or you might expect them to understand or want them to understand, but they might not be able to. So that's also very important, right? Yanka Vivini wasn't, wasn't supposed to teach the Shvutim why Yasef Tzadik is being treated differently. There was a time, why, why are you treating him differently? Now, the fact that, that his mother was the most uh, important of the Imuas to Yanka, the fact that he was Bar uh, Hakam uh, Havalai, whatever it was, that, that's not the answer. So that's something to think about. 
But going back to the bigger issue here, it's important to understand that when it comes to chinuch, you should never be, be again, I'm not, I don't mean this question, I'm just saying in general. It's okay for children to have normal issues. So if you see a child who's jealous of a sibling, it's, it's important to realize this is normal. And you see a child who did not growing it out so fast, you know, it's, it's important to realize that it's normal. So instead of criticizing a child and making them feel bad, why you're so jealous, and, and, and making it sound like, like you're not, and either just making the child feel bad or making the child not feel comfortable expressing himself uh, when something's bothering him, that, that, that's not a way to go. And generally, you have to understand, the chinuch doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're arbiting os, your child. You're not the one that's going to fix him. Chinuch doesn't mean that it's your responsibility to make sure your child does what's right or to choose what's right or to think what's right or to feel what's right. There's so little that you're in control of. Chinuch means to teach. And teaching means that you're teaching it in a way that it could be taken. And the more you talk about it by your Shabbos either, and the more you say a story about it, and the more you yourself behave this way, and make sure that you're the one that's, you know, that, that's um, showing a child how to not be jealous, that's Chinuch. So Chinuch means teaching. And the more you could teach it, and the better you could teach it, and the more ways you can come up and the more creative um, methods of teaching something in a way that it could be the best taken and slowly sink into a child, that's Chinuch. Telling a child don't be jealous when they are, or forcing a child you know, to, to give in about something, even though they really, they really are, they really are very jealous. But that, that's not chinuch. So it's very important. It's important to realize how limited you are when it comes to chinuch, because you're not making choices for a child, especially not a seven-year-old, even not a seventeen-year-old. And you shouldn't be disappointed by a child's struggle, and you should never make a child feel like you're disappointed in them for having uh, whatever challenge they have. It's very, it's very important. There's also a part of chinuch, which the Ramam talks about rewarding a child. In this case, it's it's little. You know, it's not so simple because sometimes things are more technical. If you daven nicely or if you make a nice bracha, I'll give you a sticker, I'll give you a prize. When it comes to being jealous or not being jealous, you know, obviously you can't say if you're not jealous, I'll give you a prize because a child is probably anyway jealous. But you could sometimes encourage a child in advance and say, listen, you know, we're, we're going to be buying this in this present and if we see that you are, are okay with it and you don't complain, you don't make your sister feel bad about it, you'll also get something small. In other words, you're allowed to encourage a child to behave in a way that they're not expressing the jealousy and they're trying to be happy for, someone, for what someone else um, has and things like that. So that's also something that might just make it easier when you're working along and a child sees that you understand that's not easy for her and, and, you, and you're working along with that and they feel good about you know, smiling and, and being happy about what a sister has. You could also say that you know, if when your birthday comes and, and you don't mention anything about what she has or what she got, just what you want, there are technical ways to help a child behave in, in a way um, that's expressing less jealousy. You know, but, but don't get stuck on making a child feel bad about the fact that they want something that someone else has, which is very normal, and there's a reason why it says it in the Sersadibris. And the Sersadibris is not talking only to children, it's talking about everybody. You should not want what someone, you should not. Well, the, issue, the love might not be necessarily not want, but a you know, the idea of being jealous is something that, that's ingrained in human nature, not something that we should uh, challenge children. And very often we find that people are challenging children in things that they simply can't overcome themselves. They try to work on it, you know, on their kids. So that's that. But of course, of course, teaching about not being jealous and teaching about ayin toiva and encouraging, you know, the good midas and, and talking about it, that's what chinuch is. And even if it takes a long time, or even if you don't see it taking effect, it's, it's something that we should all um, you know, keep on trying to be mechanach. You know, sometimes people get frustrated that what they're saying is not, you know, they don't see it working. It doesn't have to work. Part of chinuch just means being mechanach with patience and understanding that's not always um, easy for children. So the takeaway you know, is that the issue is totally normal. And as much as parents do have a responsibility not to cause jealousy, 
they also have to know how to deal with it in a healthy way, in a responsible way. I mean, I wish myself, with the right amount of chinuch, with the right amount of uh, encouragement and support, we'll be able to slowly give our children the messages they need to hear. And even things that are so hard to overcome, they'll slowly get the koyiches and they'll slowly get the chizik they need. I mean, I wish myself will be able to see a lot of nachas from each and every one of our children.